I was with my brother, and we were drinking, and he encouraged me to do something <laughs> that I regretted this morning. <laughs> oh, Lord. So. Now, he actually had uh, a, a little medical procedure done, and so he he is unable to attend today, but uh, we'll make fun of him nonetheless. Uh, the big news in Missouri, of course, is the Second Amendment Preservation uh, Act. Uh, an Obama-appointed judge in Kansas has in Kansas City uh, has rejected it. Uh, it is my understanding the Attorney General, bless him, uh, has already uh, gone to the federal court and said, "Put a stay on this." Uh, and it is we literally in Missouri are the pioneer uh, for this legislation. There are uh, other states that are are doing the same thing that we're doing, using literally our our legislation uh, in order to uh, to write their own. So they're going to be watching carefully uh, what's going on. In fact, we've got a story today that we'll chat about uh, where they're literally uh, passing this uh, this kind of legislation in those states. We'll get to it. Uh, in the meantime, let me go to uh, let me go to Chuck. Is there anything in this that you think violates federal law? No, I um, you know Dale was heavily involved in that, and um, I, I personally I don't think so. I, I think it protects law-abiding citizens, which it should. And I was like you said, I was very proud of our attorney general for uh, immediately speaking out and uh, challenging this at a higher level. So I. I I uh, hope it doesn't go to the Supreme Court, but if it does, I, I think it's, I would really hope that it would stand. Over at Bearing Arms, they write, the state of Kentucky is kind of the epitome of a red state. They have Republicans holding office up and down the line. Looking at a map of their legislators' uh, makeup, looks like someone was murdered. There's not so much red everywhere. Uh, it's So it's unsurprising that they will pass a pro, pro-gun legislation, even if it looks an awful lot like a measure just smacked down by the courts. Uh, a bill that would ban state and local law enforcement uh, governments and employees from enforcing federal gun laws or regulations in Kentucky advanced from a Senate committee Thursday morning. Uh, then there's a House bill over there in Kentucky sponsored by uh, Josh Bray, a Republican of Mount Vernon, would prevent local law enforcement employees of public agencies, etc., uh, from assisting or cooperating with a federal ban on firearms, firearms, accessories, and ammunition. The bill's language would also prevent local governments and public agencies from adopting rules or spending public funding on resources to enforce federal ban, uh, any federal ban on firearms. Sound familiar, uh, Garson? Um, I don't even know what to make of that. That, um, that was a lot of... Well, it sounds an awful lot like our Second Amendment Preservation Act. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's the thing to me is that they don't want to do it because the Supreme Court may, or a court may strike it down. I, no, no, no. They they're they're advancing this legislation. Oh, they are advancing it. Okay, yeah. I thought they didn't want to even take it up because they they thought no. there might be a chance of it being knocked down. Okay. No, it all right. It, it, uh, it it merely resembles the uh, the Missouri legislation. Well, so. GOA has a SAPA packet that they're giving out to anyone who wants it. And I think, um, I don't know if Missouri's is based on that or or worked in conjunction to develop it, but I know, I know GOA had their SAPA word, uh, 
verbiage up and out um, before it passed here in Missouri. So I think that's where I think that's why you're seeing a lot of commonality is because um, GOA is pretty active on getting that you know passed in a lot of states. Well, the legislation in Kentucky passed out of the House uh, pretty much on party lines. A uh, similar bill uh, last year passed the House, but it failed to get a vote by the full Senate. So it, it is apparently moving moving through. Uh, I, I don't see anything in this bill that's different from legalizing marijuana. You know, we're, uh, all the state says when they uh, legalize marijuana is the federal government can enforce those laws. We're not. Is, is that not identical to what we're saying about firearm laws, uh, Chuck? It, it seems very similar. Yeah, absolutely. That that are the uh, the migrant or the free migrant zones or whatever they're doing. Yeah, the the uh, sanctuary sanctuary, sanctuary yeah. cities. Yeah, because I, I remember when we first got ours passed, they were comparing it to those sanctuary city laws. So it's 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 very similar, and it doesn't restrict law enforcement from enforcing gun laws in the state of Missouri that the state of Missouri has written. And in many cases, those Missouri gun laws are a reflection of the federal laws. So it's not like you can get away with anything. Uh, and And if the feds want to take a crack at you, they have to catch you themselves. I, I just, I don't see a problem here. Yeah, I don't either. And it also allows local law enforcement to contact, uh, for instance, the FBI, and say, "Hey, we've you know we picked up a shell here at a at a at a, at a murder scene, and uh, can you run this through your computer and see your database and see if uh, this was used in any other crime? They can they can do everything else that they've been doing. They just can't help enforce federal gun laws. It's pretty cut and dried." Uh, I understand that the, uh, the chief of police uh, in Colombia uh, is not a fan of this, but I just I, I've looked this thing over. I've talked to Dale. I've talked to uh, Dave Roland, who helped write this, and I I just fail to see where this conflicts with any federal law. Federal government cannot compel the state government to enforce federal laws. Yeah, right. And Gary, I was at a at a Packeter meeting when Jeff Jones was the speaker of the chief police, and and he was he was very upset about um, SEPA, and um, and and I have a great deal of respect for him. I think he's doing a wonderful job. I hear police officers commending him all the time, Columbia police officers, and uh, I don't, uh, you know, I I just don't agree with him on this. But uh, he's, I, I don't know, maybe he's getting some uh, opinions from an attorney that works for the city or something i i just don't know but what did he say that was that bothered him about he, that? He, you know he, you know what hang on hang on i'm up against the clock okay. but i'm curious to see what law enforcement uh, with the chief of police whom i also hold in high esteem i think he's a great guy uh what his objection is to the second amendment preservation act that's coming up and a whole bunch more i'm gary on guns welcome it's gary on guns uh, we've got uh, Garson in from Graf's. Uh, well, well worth the ride to Mexico, Missouri, especially if you're into reloading. But it's everything else, too. It's shotguns, handguns, uh, it's uh, ammunition, uh, it's targets, it's everything all in one great place. Uh, also on board, Chuck Basie, former state representative in Missouri, 
also a, a Second Amendment supporter. Dale Roberts usually with us, uh, but uh, this morning unable to get here. I, by the way, did find out exactly what Garson's, or not what Garson, but what Chuck uh, said about, about, uh, <laughs> about Dale not being here. Uh, geez, you, uh, you are, you know, I don't ever want to cross you. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Gary Main doesn't check change, his phone very really? often, I guess. Huh? Gary doesn't check his phone very often, I guess. Well, I get a gazillion messages and I, I just, uh, I just went back looking to see, uh, and frankly, uh, well, frankly, even if Chuck doesn't want to tell everybody what he said, he's Suggested a name change after uh, his the, uh, surgical procedure. The, yeah, the cat's out of the bag. I uh, insinuated that Dale was going to have his name changed to Dale Lila after the <laughs> after surgery. The surgery. And, uh, at the time, it was funny. But uh, I guess it's kind of funny now, too. Yeah, it's but. still pretty funny. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, and he's listening. We are all in so much trouble. Uh, listen, we were talking about the Second Amendment Preservation Act. If you just turned the radio on, we are doing that a few minutes ago. Uh, and the uh, federal judge, an Obama judge in Kansas City, rejected it. Uh, it's gone. Uh, the, the attorney general has appealed it. Got a got a stay on this. Uh, in the meantime, it is the boilerplate that's being used in other states. We talked about Kentucky. We talked about our chief of police, who's a great guy, uh, based on everything that anybody has has told me and and my experience with him. I think he's a great guy. He doesn't like the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And he was speaking at the Pachyderm Club uh, Club meeting, and Chuck was there. Chuck Basie was there. And I was asking Chuck what it was that he objected to. Did he tell you? Well, he, he was, uh, I, I don't remember exactly the details, but he was upset that he, th he thought it would keep them from working with uh, federal entities to enforce, uh, you know, gun laws or, or, you know, go after criminals. So, uh, and that's been the argument all along. They just thought that, the, you know, they working with um, federal agencies that, uh, on task forces and things like that, they were not going to be able to do that anymore. So, you know, I, I don't know what advice he's getting. He might be getting it from somebody that didn't like the law or something like that. I, I just don't know. And, but that was his uh, standpoint. And I don't think he's against the Second Amendment at all. I think he's very, very much in support of, uh, you know, um, everything we talk about on the show for the most part. So, uh, but anyway, that was his opinion. He just didn't like the law the way it was written. He thought he, he thought it would be very helpful if it would be tweaked, but I don't think there's any um, any chance that it happened, at least this legislative session. Well, uh, it, you know, I, I talked to uh, Ron Calzone about that. Very often, legislators, and Chuck, uh, you've probably been uh, uh, subject to this or experienced this, uh, will have a knee-jerk reaction and, and just, it, and, and what, what Ron was concerned with is they would see this judge's uh, concerns and then try and tweak the legislation uh, before it uh, had a chance to go wend its way through the courts. Uh, and I just don't think it needs tweaked. Uh, I, I, I disagree with the chief as much as I respect and, uh, and think he's a, a great uh, law enforcement uh, officer and chief. I think he's wrong on this. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of other national news uh, that uh, affects us locally here. Uh, one of them is the credit card companies. Um, Visa and MasterCard 
and American Express and Discover were all being pressured to have a separate code for firearm sales. And Garson, did that include ammunition or just the guns themselves? Uh, I forget. Um, That's why we bring them on, folks. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it's not your fault. Seriously, I'm just this, kidding. This started, what, over a year ago. Um, and I remember a lot of business, uh, businesses coming out and saying, hey, um, you know, we're a sporting goods store. Our code's not changing, even though we do sell firearms, because we sell only X amount of firearms and Z amount of other stuff. So our code's not going to be changed to this firearms dealer code. Um, so that should be that should be a majority of you know larger gun shops like Bass Pro, but you know your small places like Modern Arms um, may not be able to avoid this change. Um, I'm not sure where where we're going to fall into. Um, you know, gun sales are a small percentage of what we do, so I think we're going to be safe and not change this code. But I, you know, I, I'm still at a loss to understand is how this is going to help anything or or make anything better. Well, it it the good news is Visa and Mastercard have paused their decision to start categorizing purchases at gun shops. Uh, this is a win for conservative groups and Second Amendment advocates. Uh, who uh, felt that tracking uh, gun shop purchases would inadvertently discriminate against legal firearms purchases. And uh, the story is the Associated Press. The decision is, uh, at the same time, also a defeat for gun control groups. There had been hope that categorizing credit and debit card purchases would allow authorities to potentially see red flags like significant ammunition purchases before a mass shooting could could happen. But even that logic seems flawed to me, Chuck. Um, you know, I in, in fact, uh, let me go to Garson with this. Uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, uh, 45 ACP from you, uh, which would probably raise a red flag for the anti-gun people. Uh, and all I've done is use it for target practice. Yeah. Well, and then there's the other thing. If you, like, you, you come into Graf and Sons and you buy a thousand dollar rifle or a thousand dollar reloading press if we're under the new code there's no way to differentiate that thousand dollar press from a thousand dollar rifle or let, let's say you come in and buy you, you you decide to upgrade to the fanciest press we got or the most expensive press we got that's five six grand um the for the mark seven um series presses those are fancy you know cnc machined um, automated or automatable presses, and they are expensive. And so buying that press, by what I'm understanding, is going to throw up a red flag because that's going to be a high-dollar, high-value purchase, especially when you start getting components and other stuff at the same time. Yeah, and so, conversely, conversely, Chuck, I could buy a couple of boxes of ammo from Garson. I could go over to Modern Arms and buy a few boxes. I could go to uh, uh, any firearm store. And buy a few boxes at a time, right? And it just it creates more of a hassle for somebody that is a legal, law-abiding citizen. Again, it's just that's the only thing it's going to crack down on. So uh, you know, I, I don't understand it. So, so Garson, let me ask you a question. So, if I I went in to your store on Monday and bought a, a pistol for a thousand dollars, 
And then two days later, I go in and buy $1,000 worth of ammunition. There's no way to differentiate those purchases. Well, that, that'll show up as two different charges. I mean, like, when you look at your statement, you're going to see the individual charges. So I don't know how they're going to link those together. They're just going to see two yeah. $1,000 purchases. I mean, I, I guess there's going to be extra steps put in place to, 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 to add all that up, maybe. Right. Well, apparently uh, there were 24 Republican attorneys general uh, wrote a letter to the uh, uh, credit card companies threatening legal action against Visa and MasterCard if they move forward with their plan. Um, there are also bills apparently pending in several state legislatures that would ban the tracking of purchases at gun shops and would have made it more difficult for Visa and MasterCard to implement the categorization. So, Chuck, are you aware of anything like that uh, wending its way through the uh, uh, state of Missouri legislature? I am not. I know they're addressing the um, uh, ESG stuff. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they're going to... They, they, I guess they could tie that in. It seems like it's a very similar uh, situation. But I, I am not familiar with anything in the state at this point. So, Yeah, and, and if that's really, you know, the other thing, you know, if I'm really serious about doing that, I go hit up every payday loan place in town and get cash and then just go buy everything with cash. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, if I'm serious about this, I ain't going to pay that back. I don't have to worry about that. So what's the difference? Yeah, it's my understanding that there is one credit card company that has, um, that has not uh, decided to abandon this plan. Yeah, I, I heard that too. Discover Nuvis. Yeah. Um, which I thought went belly up with Sears, but okay. Yeah, I, I've got a Discover card I can get rid of. I don't, uh, I've got nothing on it. I might as well just cancel it. Um, but it's, it, it, it's something that somewhere down the road, I sincerely believe the government was going to try, the anti-gun people were going to try to use uh, to... Uh, restrict gun sales or to punish people who buy guns or um, to investigate them un, uh, you know, needlessly. Um, and, I, you know, the Second Amendment is so clear. It's so easy to understand. I don't understand all the confusion. You know, the, the bottom line is you have the right to own and bear arms, and the government shouldn't get in the way of that. All right, uh, we've got more information. Giffords, uh, their anti-gun group, lying. Bald-faced lying. Imagine that. You would have thunk it on the Carry On Gun Show. Good morning. If you're looking to, uh, to save some money, you do a lot of shooting, you probably want to get into the reloading aspect of the firearms uh, 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 industry, and uh, they do that at uh, Graf's. Uh, all kinds of um, equipment. We talked about uh, some of the more expensive stuff, but you guys have some pretty reasonably priced uh, reloading equipment, don't you? Hands, hand, you. Um, it's not all electronic, and it's yeah. If you're doing like small batch um, stuff, you know, twenty, thirty rounds for hunting or whatever. Um, we we still have like the old Lee hand loaders, where you where you have a little hammer, um, and and some uh, other small hand tools for like thirty bucks. And you can reload a single caliber with that. Can't go wrong. Uh, Chuck Basie with us also, a former state representative. And he is uh, also uh, running for uh, 
school board in, in Columbia, Missouri. I may want to chat with you about that a little later on, uh, Chuck. Uh, but uh, Giffords, uh, the anti-gun group, uh, has apparently run an ad uh, down in Florida. Uh, and uh, the folks over at Bearing Arms called them out. Um, they have a, a picture of uh, two people seemingly arguing, one in blue, one in red, and they're both carrying a firearm. And apparently, this is uh, their argument about permitless carry. And it's just full of loopholes. Uh, the, the show's these two guys apparently arguing, one in red, one in blue. Can you tell who's legally able to carry a gun and who isn't? The answer, you can't until it's already too late. Uh, the, the argument, what, what they're suggesting is that uh, one of these guys bought a firearm in a bar... Uh, and he shouldn't be carrying uh, because he's a, a criminal. Well, the fact is uh, he should be able to buy in Florida a gun in a bar because you're not allowed to carry in a bar in Florida. Uh, so the law was already broken. Uh, it, it proved itself to be relatively useless. Uh, so they got two men. Uh, both are carrying firearms. Can you tell the difference? The two guys are standing toe-to-toe. Uh, -to -toe. An upside-down text uh, requires the reader to flip the page. Uh, and Gifford says the man in red completed a pistol-shooting training course, passed a background check, holds a license to carry a concealed gun in Florida. The man in blue never fired a gun in his life, bought his pistol at a bar last week w without a background check, and was convicted of a violent felony last year. Uh, they conclude, if Governor DeSantis gets his way, there will be nothing to stop the man in blue from carrying a loaded hidden gun, no questions asked. A lot of problems with this one. Yeah, apparently the guy in red didn't play, pay attention in class either. Um, so that this, this is like almost mimicking a story um, I heard. Uh, so the ATF had um, just sentenced a man in Kansas City for shooting a fireman. 23-year-old um, Javon Taylor um, bought a 40-cal Glock with a switch, so that little auto switch that everyone's been up in arms about. Mm -hmm. um, he says he bought the Glock off a guy off the, on the street for $500 a few weeks before, or a few months before. So, yeah, he's got a machine gun for 500 bucks that he bought on the street and was carrying that with no with no repercussion check yeah no. no no anything no license no so you know criminals are going to still do what criminals do and i don't see why people don't these liberals don't get that through their head well there is nothing in the permitless carry uh law that changes this scenario uh that they showed uh it doesn't. It doesn't have any effect on this at all. Why would they use this for an argument when this, you know, this law doesn't cover this? It doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with this. The blue guy is a criminal. The blue guy doesn't care about firearms laws. He's going to carry a firearm, whether uh, no matter what they say in the state of Florida. Uh, Giffords wants us to believe that the blue guy, the convicted felon who is illegally uh, 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 buying guns in a bar would submit himself to the concealed carry licensing process? Yeah, it's laughable. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. 
there's only one conclusion, they write. Giffords is purposely misleading Florida residents, hoping to scare enough Florida residents to embark on what can only be described as a fool's errand, opposing permitless carry. Despite opposition, Florida permitless carry legislation is moving rapidly through the governor's desk and on to becoming Florida law. We're seeing this in more and more states, this permitless carry thing. And somewhere down the road, and I just have to believe that if we continue to support uh, the Constitution, if we get uh, uh, justices that, that understand the Second Amendment, there will be a point where the whole country will be permitless carry again. And, at, and frankly, uh, Chuck, that, that's the way the country was originally, is it not? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It, uh, I don't know, it's, uh, Garson kind of hit on it. It's just uh, the criminals aren't going to, they don't care what the law is. I mean, they disprove that almost every day all over the country. They break the laws and they don't care. So, I don't know, it's, it's puzzling that all these uh, attempts to go after, uh, you know, change firearm laws or gun control measures, it, it only attacks law-abiding people, makes it more difficult on people that are already doing the right thing. It's um, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it, it, they they just keep throwing up faulty arguments. Right. Uh, while we're talking about Florida, they apparently uh, have an age restriction on gun sales, and a federal appeals court has upheld it. The state of Florida has a, re- uh, a reputation as being fairly pro-gun, a reputation that uh, may well be burnished should it pass uh, constitutional carry. Uh, Yet, in the aftermath of the Parkland Massacre, the state went in a different direction. We were talking earlier about legislators, Chuck, uh, doing that knee-jerk reaction. uh, And and this appears to be one, lawmakers amid public outcry, passed a number of gun control measures like red flag laws and an age restriction on long gun sales. The restriction was particularly uh, egregious, one that sparked a lawsuit by the NRA. And on Thursday, a federal court upheld the law. U.S. appeals court on Thursday upheld a Florida law barring people under the age of 21 from buying a gun, rejecting a challenge by the National Rifle Association gun rights uh, lobby group. Unanimous three-judge panel in the Atlanta-based 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals found that the law was in line with the historical tradition of gun regulation in the United States. Uh, meeting a, a new standard for gun control laws set by the uh, Supreme Court last year. How, wh- first, my first uh, uh, response to this is that this is not a historical tradition, is it? Garson, is this where they tell uh, tell people you can't buy a rifle? Yeah, uh, not not for the majority of the time that we've been a country. Yeah, I don't get it. The 11th Circuit panel decided Thursday that this one was pointing to more than a dozen 19th century state laws barring people under 21 from buying guns. But most of the time, this has not been the law. Uh, uh, One of the judges uh, who wrote in the ruling said that, well, those laws didn't go back to the nation's founding. They were relevant because they were passed around the time that the Constitution's 14th Amendment was adopted which extended the Second Amendment to state laws. 
two of the judges on the panel uh, were appointed by uh, presidents, uh, Democrat presidents, one by a Republican. But if that's if if you're going to use laws passed uh, in the 19th century, you know, then you can really go back to restricting gun laws because there are some places that had more strict laws. I'm sure. All right. This uh, has even happened. You're talking about knee-jerk reactions. I don't remember what happened, but something happened recently. And one of my former colleagues, uh, Columbia Representative uh, David Tyson Smith, um, immediately pre-filed a bill that would uh, do what you were just kind of saying. It would, uh, well, he's, he's basically saying that uh, anybody under the, year, under the age of 20 years old would not be able to um, transact or sell, lease, loan or trade a fully fire, fully automatic firearm or semi-automatic firearm to anybody under 20 years of age. And um, I, I know he was really uh, up in arms about something that happened. There was some violent act somewhere, and he got all twisted. Some kid did something crazy. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's not, that's not going to stop anybody, but somebody's already following the law, in my opinion. Well, the problem here is that Bruin says that you have to look at the laws uh, in existence at the time of the nation's founding. Not when the 14th Amendment passed um, 100 years later in the wake of the Civil War. Uh, not anything in the 19th or 20th century when the nation was founded. Uh, contextualists will uh, you know, understand that the Constitution should be interpreted Based on the way the founding fathers, you know, wanted it to be, this is the way they wrote it. Uh, and this three-judge panel, I think, has opened Pandora's box if it's allowed to stand uh, to increasing again gun regulations. All right, we're up against the clock. We got to take a quick break. It's Gary on guns. Hey, good morning. Glad to have you with us, uh, Chuck Basie on board, former state representative here in Missouri. Uh, and then uh, Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. And, uh, you know, I keep hearing from the anti-gun people how we only have mass shootings in the United States. Or we have more mass shootings in the United States than anywhere else. And as uh, Dr. John Lott has pointed out repeatedly, uh, you can't compare a country of 330 million to a country of, you know, 20 or 30 million. Uh, those numbers are just not going to work out. If you look at Europe as a whole and compare uh, similar numbers of population, you find out that we are not the world's leading place for mass shootings. And in fact, we've just experienced one in Germany, uh, mass shooting uh, that is, you know, it's just, it's, you, you can't argue that it doesn't happen in other countries. It does. And again, when you match up the population, you find out that we are far from the leading uh, a country where this happens. Um, a number of people have been killed in a shooting at a church in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, the shooting took place, uh, well, I won't even bother trying to pronounce the name of the street. Uh, police say a gunman believed, uh, who is now believed to be dead. It's uh, unclear if he was among the six or seven fatalities that were reported. There's no reliable information on the motive. So it does happen in other countries. It doesn't just happen here. And apparently those gun control laws that are supposed to stop this from happening are an abysmal failure. Yeah. But they 
Go ahead, Garson. I, I forget where, where what. So that was at a church. And, Jehovah's Witness, yeah. Yeah. So the 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 shooter was a member of that church, um, which is very strange. But um, yeah, I, so I think there's something else going on there. I don't think this was just some random shooting. I think there was something more to this story that will probably come out once they get more information. But Germany, Chuck, has some really strict gun control laws. So it doesn't seem to have stopped this. If it doesn't stop it there, why would anybody think it's going to stop it here? Right. Well, I think most European countries have very strict uh, gun laws. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I just looked it up. In 2015, November 2015, there was a parachuting by a bunch of Islamic fanatics, fanatics, and they killed, I don't remember, I don't see where, it, they killed a whole bunch of people um, with uh, guns. So, um, anyway, it just, it happens. It happens. Uh, there are bad guys, and they will always find a way to arm themselves. And in some countries, you know, they'll, they can't get their hands on a firearm. Uh, they'll, uh, I remember in, I think it was Japan, they threw sarin gas into a subway uh, they've used uh, Molotov cocktails and firebombs to kill, you know, mass uh, mass murder. Right. Uh, well, don't forget that attempted assassin who hand-built some kind of strange firearm, single-shot firearm to try and uh, take out um, that uh, retired political... The Japanese prime minister? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't try. He did. He killed him. Oh, he did kill him? I th yeah. I thought he survived that. Okay. No, he, he walked right up behind him and, and pulled the trigger. It happens. Um, so so the, whole, the whole gun control thing just seems to fly out the window all the time. Well, and so legal gun numbers in Europe are exceedingly low compared to the U.S. Um, so if, if the guns being used are obtained legally, um, that, that means that their, their shootings are at a much higher percentage within the gun community. Um, but... I don't think they do anything to track, you know, illegal firearms. They don't. I never see that they that they determine if a firearm is obtained legally or illegally in these reports and shootings. So, who knows how many illegal firearms owners are in Europe? Yeah, or, uh, or even here or anywhere else in any other country. Yeah, that's another problem that uh, you just you can't you can't do the calculations on. You have no way of knowing how many people have guns. Uh, and just don't report them. Uh, we know in Australia that's the one of the one of the hottest items to smuggle into the country. Yeah. Um, well, and when New Zealand passed their n new gun restrictions, a lot of the motorcycle gangs said, "No, we're not giving up our guns. We won't be safe." Yeah. So the government knows nothing about those guns and won't be able to do anything about them until something happens. Our neighbors to the north in Canada, they're having a little problem with their gun control laws. Uh, even law enforcement are saying, uh, we're not going to enforce that. Um, it, it's, I think the tide is slowly turning in our direction. Uh, the Democrats may, a little, you know, may be a little bit uh, slow on the uptake, but I think the American public are beginning to recognize that these laws don't do any good and, in fact, endanger more people uh, when they're enforced. By the way, just as a quick reminder, show and tell is coming up, and uh, if you're into revolvers, wow, uh, you're going to enjoy the next segment. Uh, also, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, that uh, shotgun that uh, 
I see here. That's going to be good. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Senator Mike Rounds uh, from South Dakota is taking on the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, with a new bill expanding full-time travelers' gun ownership rights. So, uh, Chuck, if I if it, I tell my wife, and, and we've talked about this, too, you know what, let's just sell the house, let's get one of those big... Uh, campers or, or, you know, that bus deal, that mobile home that, you know, I mean, they're really nice. Yeah, RV. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we'll just live in it. No real estate taxes. We can move wherever we want. Uh, just start it up and go. Uh, it seemed like a, a, a fun idea. Great way to spend my retirement. But I have to have, if I want to go into a firearm store and buy a gun... Um, you know, somewhere along the line, I'm going to have to have a post office box or something. And that could be a problem. In fact, instead of you, let me go to Garson. I walk into Gar- into Graf's and, I, uh, and I'm filling out for the next check and I'm giving you my address as post office box, blah, blah, blah. Um, what happens when I try to get a firearm? As, as long as it matches your valid state-issued ID, probably nothing. Uh, well, according to Mike Rounds, he's taken on the Bureau of uh, BATF. Uh, Rounds introduced the Travelers Gun Rights Act on Thursday, uh, and it uh, aims to update federal law to account for gun residency issues uh, for full-time travelers, such as people who live in recreational vehicles, individuals with multiple homes, and military personnel and spouses. How do they address that for the driver's license? Well... We'll get into that next on Gary on Guns.